All right, everybody. Welcome to the Fans and Sports Talk Podcast, hosted by Mike and Essie. We want to give listeners a fresh take on all things sports. We aren't professionals. We are fans just like you. Now, although I say that we aren't professionals, man, we have been doing a really good job with our picks. But we'll go ahead and break those down later on in the show. But for some people who aren't professionals, I think we're doing a pretty good job. So if you haven't been paying attention to our picks, I definitely think that you should. Um, I know a couple people have told me that they have actually won some money off of it. So go ahead and check out them picks, man. I'm telling you, it is where it is at, man. Um, I do want to talk about something that's um that's just some good news, man. You know, everything... We are having good news out here. Um, want to talk about my man, Deion Sanders, is the next football coach of Jackson State. Now, uh, reports had came out, you know, that he could potentially be a candidate. And next thing you know, some other reports came out saying that, you know, uh, especially from Sports Illustrated, went ahead and reported that they got some information that it wasn't Deion Sanders. Uh, that was on the list. But come to find out, Deion Sanders is actually going to be the head coach of uh, Jackson State. I think that this is incredible, especially for uh, HBCUs. Um, I definitely want to get go ahead and get your take on this, man. Yeah, man, it's, it's real good. I like it. It's a good look. He said he wanted to bring – I, he wanted to show everybody that HBCU, he wanted to bring it back to prominence. And I'm really, Dion is a good coach. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to do for Jackson State. It's, and I feel like maybe if he does a good enough job, he might take a D1 offer, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, you say that he might take D1 offers, but what we have been seeing and, you know, we have been seeing is we have been seeing five-star top recruits in the country. Um, not just in, in football, but in basketball as well, have been talking about, hey, I'm actually considering an HBCU. Some of these guys are talking about HBCUs. And with a coach like Deion Sanders, um, why not go ahead and learn from the best, learn from primetime, a Hall of Fame caliber guy, someone who was just, able to do it all on the football field, man. Why not go ahead and learn from the best? As you can see in the video right here, he is pretty emotional. Um, So this is something that I think that he will be invested in. And what does this do for Jackson State? What does this do for HBCUs? And what does this do for recruiting? Now, we've seen a guy like Tom Herman recruit top players at Houston. You telling me that Deion Sanders won't be able to get top players at Jackson State? Oh, Deion will definitely be able to get some players in there because Deion got that name value. It's actually ironic because he's the 21st head coach at Jackson State. So I feel like he's going to make a lot of noise down there. He's going to bring – Jackson State's going to be on the rise, no doubt. I, I definitely agree with you on that, man. Definitely is going to be on the rise. Um, everybody should definitely be looking out for them as well. Um, man, you want to talk about 
We got a whole lot to talk about. You talk about uh, AP poll and the coaches poll. What is going on with these polls, man? Uh, I'm really trying to understand. Uh, AP poll, I guess, went ahead and said, you know, the Big Ten didn't qualify for, you know, this vote. Okay. Understandable. You know, we just said that we was coming back, you know, just put out a schedule as well. But the coaches poll, did you see the coaches poll? All right, let me just go ahead and tell you all the coaches poll. Clemson at number one, Bama at number two, Georgia at number three, tied with Oklahoma for number three. At number five, LSU. At number six, Florida. Seven, Notre Dame. Eight, Auburn. Nine, Texas. And 10, Ohio State. So that's just the top 10 in the coaches poll. Now, I have a problem with this poll. Um, Texas? Texas? Uh, Notre Dame? When's the last time Notre Dame beat Ohio State? No offense. I can't think of it, bro. No, don't, don't get mad at me for this, but also, Florida. When, when the last time Florida won a conference championship? How are all of these teams, Auburn, how are all of these teams that ain't won a conference championship in the past five years ahead of Ohio State? And don't tell me it's because of their, their roster. Don't tell me it's because, oh, they're the ones that are playing when they haven't played a game yet, just like Ohio State. So can you please explain this coach's poll to me, please? I really can't because I've never really understood the coaches poll. I, I really don't even look at the polls until we get about, I want to say, halfway through the season or so. Right. So well, not halfway through the season, but after it's a good enough amount of games in the season to see when what teams actually look like. Right. You're talking about basically waiting until uh, the college football playoff go ahead and put the rankings out. Right. And, you know. On our, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, definitely go ahead and join that. It's the Fans Edge Sports Talk. Uh, we had a topic talking about these rankings, and one thing I want to say because uh, one of our listeners actually brought it to the forefront, and he was saying, you know, these preseason rankings don't matter at all. But actually, these preseason rankings is what helped LSU jump Ohio State over. Uh, to number one, it's what brought Ohio State down to number two and LSU to number one because they said the LSU actually had won more, uh, more ranked game when actually they weren't talking about the college football playoff ranked game, they were talking about preseason, you know, these polls right here, the coaches and the AP poll. That's what they were really talking about. So, I mean. It is what it is, but uh, also I want to talk about, man, the massive injuries, and I also want to send, you know, prayers uh, to all of the players who just seem to get injured. I know the 49ers came out and spoke against the field conditions that they're actually scared to go back and play there uh, because of how many players that they got. I mean, you talk about your running back, two of your top defensive linemen, going down as well, man. And uh, I could tell you this, turf is unforgiving. I know I messed my knee up uh, playing on turf, but 
man, I just feel for the guys like Saquon Barkley, Nick Bosa out for the year, uh, Christian McCaffrey out for several weeks, but get to come back. Same thing with Drew Locke as well, man. Uh, talk to me. What, how do you feel about these injuries, man? It's really weird, bro. Because obviously, you know, I was doing the football bingo at work tonight and we was talking about that. Uh, me and a regular were talking about it. It's just I've never seen so many injuries in the first two weeks of the season. And they all pretty much are the same thing, uh, ACL or MCL. And you made a good point when we kind of talked about it earlier that. That their body's just not conditioned right now. They look sluggish like. And. This is kind of what happens when your body isn't used to when your body's used to going through camps and OTAs and all this. When you don't have that, this is what happens. And it's sad because a lot of teams are losing a lot of key pieces simply due to injury. Yeah. And and, and the point that I was basically making is, is not just not not preseason, you know, because obviously the starters don't really play in preseason. But you're talking about the rushing back to camp and things like that, like not having real camps. Uh, sometimes your body needs that contact. It needs to be able to get used to that contact as well. Um, one thing that we saw in the NBA when it first started, I mean, you can kind of see it still now, that these guys are not fully conditioned. You know, I uh, was watching the Washington Redskins game, and I'm just seeing like, Terry McLaurin, who's normally, you know, conditioned, basically a track star. He was just completely tired out there, like literally trying to catch his breath. And, I mean, that ends up leading to injuries. I mean, if you think that it doesn't, at these colleges, they have their players hooked up to machines that reads and tells them, hey, you're pushing the body a little too hard. You need to bring it down a little bit, you know? And these players just obviously have not been conditioned, aren't really game ready. It's the beginning of the season as well. They're just now taking these hits. And I can tell you this, uh, I mean, I know we're talking about these NFL injuries, but the conference that I'm actually getting worried about right now is the Big Ten. You know, a lot of these schools have not really had a camp at all um, with contact, things like that, yes. They're basically going to have a, a, a month, but we're seeing it in the NFL. It's not really working out too, too well. You know, how well is it going to work with guys not getting the spring camp, not getting the true fall camp? You know, um, I know a lot of schools in the Big Ten were, how do you say this? If they were practicing, they weren't with, with pads and weren't doing contact because they felt there was no need to risk injury if they weren't going to play this season. So, you know, just just prayers out to these guys. But uh, another one of our top stories is um, Coach Norvell, head coach of Florida State, testing positive um, for this virus. Uh, and the announcement came out this Saturday morning. And so he's going to end up missing a big game. A game in Florida. The Miami game. It's a sad situation. I 
especially seeing as how he's trying to rebuild that program right now and try and get them restarted. They have not got off to the best start, obviously, if you watch them play. And he probably could have been a factor in this match. And if he probably could have gave him some type of motivation going into this that they probably won't get now because you have an assistant coach or a a coordinator or something calling the shots and giving the speeches and all this now. So it's 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 sad to see. I hope he gets better. I hope all is well. But yeah, he's gonna end up missing a big game in the Miami game. Yeah. So I was talking to some friends about this and I was talking about, you know, I'm kind of iffy about Mike Norvell now. You know, I was I was a big fan of his, you know, uh, before he started coaching at FSU. But I'm starting to see a pattern here, you know. And, like, I just got so many questions. For one, did you get this from a player? You know, did you come in contact with this virus because of a player? If so, okay, understandable. I'll back off. But these coaches are preaching to these players, hey, you need to not go do any extracurricular activities. Stay in the bubble. Um, be safe. All of this stuff. And as the head coach, you're not leading by example again. You know, we 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 talked about what he did. You know, earlier in the preseason, basically when he said, "Hey, you know, I spoke to all my players one on one about you know the social injustice going on," and his players had to call him out. Hold him accountable. And, I mean, the players that came out and said, you know, they're stronger for it now. But, I mean, like like I said, I just got major questions about how did you test positive? Yeah, that is a good question. I didn't really think of it like that. Mm, I don't know. He, he's not leading by example, though, like you said. And this just brings up another thing because earlier in the night I saw that – two or three coaches in the NFL got fined for not having their mask on during the game. So maybe that could have happened to Norvell or something. I don't know. Man, to be, to be honest, um, I think that that's, that's crazy. Uh, I seen on TV when Pete Carroll was running up and down the sideline and he actually swooped his mask on. So, I mean, I don't know how long he might've had his mask off or things like that. But these, you're able to hug. Like, these players are on the field, full contact. And then these coaches, you're allowed to hug and embrace your players and stuff. The players who you done been with all week long and now I have to wear a mask. It, it really, it just makes no sense, man. Just, you know, the NFL finding ways, find people and get their bread, bro. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of it all, man. So, um, you know, this is just our recap. Now, we did have UCA and Arkansas State on here, but guess what? They didn't play because um, at Arkansas State, I, I mean, I don't know. They, they weren't able to stay safe. I don't know what happened, but they didn't want no smoke with UCA. So that game got uh, postponed. <laughs> um, but the games that we did talk about, I'm going to want to say that I think your boy went 3-0 and in college or whatever with this. Uh, Boston College looked really good going up against Duke. Uh, shout out to Jeff Halfley. That defense was amazing. And, oh, my God, let's talk about the defense. I want to say, it had, if anybody didn't see it, go back, 
Look at the highlights from Boston College and Duke. The guy makes one heck of an interception just basically while he's in midair and a receiver is starting to come down. He takes the ball from the receiver. Interception. I mean, it was it was a, amazing. And, you know, Jeff Halfley is a defensive-style coach as the head coach of Boston College. And I just feel like this helped set the tone for Boston College um, for this season and in the future. If you're seeing these defensive players make the plays that they were making at Boston College, it would be hard to turn down Jeff Halfley. Because I guarantee you that what they're doing at Boston College defensive-wise, you're going to see this translate to the NFL. So, big Jeff Halfley fan, man. Uh, did you get a, get a chance to watch the Boston College game? I mean, I was I was having to flip back and forth because I had to go to a wedding. And, you know, I, I love my friends, so I'm going to always support y'all. But in the future, please don't have no weddings during college football season or football season, period. Please. I like to sit back on my Saturdays. Watch my 10 screens that I like going on, you know? I feel you. I got a glimpse, a couple glimpses of the Boston College game. It was one of the first things I thought when I saw the game because Boston College was already up. I was like, man, they're they're making Duke look. When Duke played Notre Dame, we were asking questions about, right? is Duke really that good or Notre Dame just that bad? And Boston College showed us that. I guess Notre Dame is just that bad. I don't know, but they did Shots the thing. Shots fired. Shots <laughs> fired. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, Syracuse uh, coming from, you know, a few years ago, being that team that was possibly able to get close to knocking off Clemson. And it just seems like this year they've taken a step back. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or what. But, like I said, it seems like they have taken a few steps back. We got um, – Pittsburgh uh, ranked that num- was ranked at number 25, went ahead, took the dub. I actually, again, like what they do on the ground game, and uh, Pittsburgh continue to move. Now, Notre Dame, like I said, I thought this was supposed to be a game. USF normally has some firepower. This is not the USF that we are used to seeing, uh, South Florida team that we are used to seeing. Uh Notre Dame went ahead and put up a 52-piece Chicken McNugget. Um, I got the scores of the other game, but there was no point in putting a zero right next to USF. I mean, they ain't do nothing. I could have put a zero there, but I didn't do it. Sorry, guys. That was a wild game. I I caught, I want to say a half of that game because I was watching it with, I wasn't watching it, but Smiley, you know, and he got a big head about it. I was like, bro, it's, it's, it's USF, fam. Y'all supposed to handle them 52 to 0 or something like that. Y'all Notre Dame, y'all the blue blood. So right. it, it it was nice though, I guess. Now they have a moral victory under their belt and I guess feel like they're world beaters right now. So hey, they they have one of the easiest schedules until they go up against Clemson. So until they face Clemson, they got all the opportunity to get everything together. And to be honest, if they get blown out by Clemson, I am done with Notre Dame. Don't nobody ever talk to me about no Notre Dame. Uh, Brian Kelly should just probably get fired. But I think they just gave him an extension. So that's probably not going to happen. Talking about Miami and Louisville, um, really good game. Uh, Actually, 
Um, I mean, the wide receivers of Miami, the the field goal kicking uh, of Miami. I mean, <laughs> I just this game was amazing. And one of the players after Miami uh, had the little close game. Uh, what was that last week? When they had the close game, one of their players tweeted out and said, we won that game running the same four plays. Well, I can tell you this. Miami didn't run the same four plays this game, and they just looked really good. You know, a lot of people say, well, oh, the score, you know, the score says 47-34. Look at the highlights that we're showing you right now. We do not own any of the video credits. Just want to put that out there. But they was going up 20-6. to Bam. Go ahead. Answering. Right back again, just taking a long run all the way to the house on these boys. I mean, did, I'm not going to sit here and try to say the U is back, but this is the U that we would definitely like to see more of. We, I don't know, but yes, yeah, <laughs> I guess it's nice. I guess it's nice to to see Miami finally actually putting all that putting all that the talking that they do it's nice to see it out there on the field. I can't discredit them. They had a real good game. I thought Louisville had a chance honestly. I really thought Louisville was going to win this game, but I got it wrong. So hats off to uh yeah, them. Like you said, shout out to them. Um let's go ahead and talk about these upcoming games cuz it's SEC kickoff, baby. Um, talk to me. What do you think about the SEC playing this week? Oh, you already know I'm excited, fam. I told you 26 days ago I was ready. <laughs> I was counting down, and now it's finally here. It's up. <laughs> it's up there, Mike. All right. <laughs> so we just hey. going to start. Go ahead. Break down these games. Give you our picks and tell you who you should be going with. We're going to start off with number 23, Kentucky versus Auburn. Auburn opens up opens up at an eight-and-a-half favorite, over under uh, at 47.5. This is going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff. Again, remember the times that we are saying are central time because that's where we live in. So it's not Eastern time. This is central time that we're going by. So 11 a.m. kickoff. On the SEC network. Now, a lot of people are saying, hey, Auburn got this game. It is what it is. But I'm telling you, this is not a Kentucky team to sleep on. I'm not sure if I could go with the uh, eight and a half. I think that this is going to be a close game. We're also going to need to see, does Bo Nick actually progress or does he regress now that everybody has film on him? Is he the quarterback that we might thought that he might be able to be, or is he just not that quarterback that he was portrayed as, you know? So I'm really interested in seeing this game. I think it's going to be a really good game. Everybody should definitely try to watch it. Um, don't I don't expect this to be a blowout at all. Uh, but I am going to go ahead and I'm going to pick Auburn for the win. Same. I'm also going to take Auburn for the win because, like you brought up, Bo Nix is really the X factor that we know of on the Auburn team. So if he comes out and shows that he has progressed and not regressed, then the sky's the limit, really, because with Gus Malzahn, you know, he's pretty much an offensive guru. He'll find a way to get whoever needs to get the ball and 
he'll find a way for Bo Nix to run or throw the ball. So, yeah, I'm taking Auburn. Even though Kentucky has been on the rise the past couple of years, I just don't see him hanging in there with Auburn. But like, also, like you said, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I agree. I agree, man. Uh, moving on. Uh, another, I mean, to be honest, there, there are some great games this week. Uh, Louisville versus Pittsburgh, man. I went ahead and picked Pittsburgh. I think that they can go ahead, keep the consistency. Uh, Louisville, they do have some, some firepower, but I think that they still got some issues and some things to work out. Pittsburgh knows who they are. They know how to slow, how to, how to keep the ball. They know how to keep the time of possession. They know how to keep the ball out of other teams' hands. And I'm going with Pittsburgh on this, man. Uh, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff on uh, ACC Network. Uh, Pittsburgh's already favorite uh, by a field goal and a half, and the over-under is at 53. I, I mean, to be honest, I would just say go ahead and bet the over. Yeah, I would definitely bet the over. But – I'm going to go against you, and I'm going to take Louisville this game just because I like what Louisville is showing right now. They have a really exciting offense, really exciting quarterback. They coming off of a, a tough loss. I feel like they're going to hold that chip on their shoulder, and they're going to come out to here because Pittsburgh has been doing what they've been doing the past couple weeks and show them that, hey, we're not, we not done yet. All right, man. As he goes with Louisville, we're going to see who comes out on top on that, all right? Um, going to number five, Florida versus Ole Miss. Uh, Saturday kickoff, 11 a.m. again. This one is on ESPN. All three of these I will be able to get in my Maw TV on the ESPN app. If you have Apple TV, um, an Apple TV box, you can go to the ESPN app, click on one of the games, hold it down, and then TV will pop up, and that's how you get to watch. I know some of y'all been asking, hey, how you watching all of these games on your TV, all of this? That is one of the ways that I am able to do it. Not going to tell you all my tricks, but that is one of the ways that I am able to do it. So shout out to Apple TV and ESPN for giving us that feature. But uh, Florida and Ole Miss, man, I think I'm going to take Ole Miss in this. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I got to go with Florida. Uh, Kyle Trask, they say, is the best quarterback returning in the SEC. I'm very excited. Uh, you know, before I told you all, you know, I would go ahead and be all in on Florida if it was Emory Jones at quarterback. You know, um, I'm still holding out hope for Florida and Kyle Trask, but there is film on Kyle Trask now. You know, uh, are these defenses going to be able to? figure out his tendencies and his weaknesses. But I just feel like Florida being Florida, they always have top prospects, always have great recruits. And, I mean, they have an offensive guru and uh, Dan Mullen. So uh, um, I'm really excited to see this game. Uh, I definitely say take Florida all day, all the way. I, I don't know about the over-under, so I'm not going to give you that because I don't know what type of offense this Ole Miss team is going to really bring. And then Florida's defense should still be stout and really hold them to less points. So if anybody is really going to be out here scoring points, it should be Florida. Hey, what I tell you? 
26 days ago, I was ready, fam. <laughs> 26 days ago, I was ready, and now it's here. Y'all know who I'm picking. You know who I'm picking. You ain't even got to guess. Three touchdowns. We Ooh. in that thing against uh, a <laughs> against a, a old Miss team with a new head coach, a bunch of new players. It, this game is a wrap, fam. GG, go Gators. Um, next one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So when I was originally making this, I did not put you know Florida on here because I'm like, okay, they're going up against a cupcake team and everything. Essex called me out on it. Said that it was disrespectful that I put Miami and FSU on there and did not put Florida on there. So we went ahead and put Florida on there, guys. Um, you got to put the flagship school on there, fam. <laughs> we we run the big three right now. The big three? Big three, Florida, they, Florida State, Miami. Uh, I hear it's four, man. They say UCF run Florida. All of the, 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 the graphics that say who runs this state is been saying you, uh, UCF. Central Florida. Fam, when the last time UCF been relevant? <laughs> they always relevant. I mean, they when they won the, the national nat- championship, yeah, they claim the national. The NCAA gave it to them. The NCAA gave it to them. Let them have it. I mean, but I like I told you, and like everybody, if you've been following us, I said this about UCF. I'm not giving UCF the credit that they want or that some people say that they deserve. And the simple reason why is is because they had a chance to play Florida. They turned it down. They won't play the premier teams like they should. They will play uh how they will play a power five team or whatever that's like on the back burner or something like that and expose them. But like a team that has a shot at competing for conference championship, they have not played those teams and actually beat them and blown them out the water. They just haven't. So, as we said, moving on, Mississippi State versus LSU. Um, LSU is a 19-point favorite. I am a little bit weary about this game because we don't know what we're going to get from their quarterback. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be the same performance as Joe Burrow. That's probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing. He set records, all of that. Probably will never see that ever again. But as many of the defensive players that have opted out, as many as their top offensive players who have either opted out or not returning, I mean, there's so many question marks with LSU. Now, I did pick LSU. Uh, if, if the quarterback throws it Derek Stingley way, probably going to be a pick six. Um, I mean, it's crazy that he can't even, after this year, he can't even go to the NFL. We still get to see him for a whole nother year. I mean, you talking about one of the best defensive back in the nation, man. I mean, Sean Wade's going to be a top 10 pick, um, you know, from Ohio State, but I, I'm very excited to see Derek Stingley uh, Jr., man. Really excited in this game, just so that we can see what this LSU team is really all about. Big facts. I'm going to also give it to LSU. I'm picking LSU. Like you said, it's it's very sketchy. We don't know what they're going to bring to the table. We don't know the quarterback, or at least I don't. Um, they're returning wide receiver, Jamar Chase. 
said deuces i'm gonna opt out but i still feel like they have enough talent on that team to go ahead and beat a team like mississippi state you know what man i i agree with that but guess what arkansas fans you got football back and you got georgia you got georgia man and uh you know essex boy it's playing for Arkansas. Felipe Franks, man. Felipe Franks will be coming out there as a quarterback for Arkansas. And to be honest, I'm actually excited to see what this Arkansas team can do. Now, one thing that we don't know about Georgia is we don't know about the offense. Yes, they got JT Daniels. Everybody talk about just JT Daniels. JT Daniels this, JT Daniels that. Okay. Is he going to be the same like Jake Fromm? Is that is that what we're getting? Because, like we said, they need a Justin Fields-type quarterback, dual threat. They needed a Jamie Newman-type quarterback. But, like I said, I was hearing rumblings that Jamie Newman wasn't even winning the job, which, if he didn't opt out, probably, and, he, and it came out that he didn't win the job, probably would have hurt his drive stop. But um, I'm definitely going with Georgia in this game. I don't know about the... 25 points because I don't know if Georgia is going to be able to put that many points on. They always have a running back. So let's see how that goes. But I'm really excited to see this Arkansas team who has a lot of momentum and a lot of motivation going into this game. Yeah. I don't even, I've been hearing rumblings that JT might not even be the starting quarterback for Georgia. So we, we, we about to find out what Georgia about for real. Mm. I did. I did put THWG. I don't know if you know what that means. Yeah, that, the hell with <laughs> the hell with Georgia, but I'm taking yeah. Georgia in this game simply because <laughs> I mean not simply because Arkansas, they do have a lot of potential. I'm not gonna lie. Felipe, I said he is a good quarterback if he's not in his own head with limited to no fans there. I feel like you have no reason to be in your own head, really. Ain't nobody booing at you. How um, many picks he gonna throw? That's up to him. He gonna um, at least throw one pick. I take anybody on least, that bet. Yeah, at least one. <laughs> I take uh, anybody on that bet. They still got Rakeem Boyd. They got them young wide receivers that's still hungry. So we've made a lot of jokes about Arkansas, but they could they could be one of them teams that sneak up on somebody. And, and to be honest, they should, man. I mean, all of what we've been hearing is nothing but positivity. The players have rallied around this coaching staff. The coaches have rallied around these players. And it's not like they don't have any playmakers or haven't had any playmakers. One of the best tight ends in the NFL came from Arkansas, you know. Uh, some of the best offensive linemen have came from Arkansas. Uh, some of uh, the top running backs in the NFL have came from Arkansas. So Arkansas has the talent. They have the potential. The whole question is, is, have they found the coach that can put it all together? Because that's what they have been missing. I'm, I haven't. I'm not going to continue to blame the players. I'm not going to. I'm just going to blame the coaching staff. Brad Bielema was trash. Y'all shouldn't have picked him. That's on. That's on y'all for that. Uh, Chad Moore, same thing. I don't know where y'all got that from. Um, so, like I said, I'm excited to see it's a 3 p.m. kickoff on the SEC Network. You'll catch that right after the Auburn game. So, uh, I, I did, like I said, I did pick Georgia with this, but I am excited to see what Arkansas can go ahead and prove. So, um, 
Want to talk about the next game. This will be a primetime night game um, on ABC, FSU versus Miami. I got to choose Miami all the way. Uh, they're minus nine and a half. Uh, I'll say definitely take that. Miami by nine and a half, take it. Take it. Now, um, talking uh, and speaking about Miami, Tate Martell has decided to opt out of the season. Um, <laughs> where has he been? What? Hey, this is all I'm. Uh, this is what I want to say. Because his girlfriend got him in so fine tune, bro. Exactly. Where has he been? I didn't even know he was still with the program anymore. We haven't really heard anything. Like this is the biggest news that we have heard from Tate Martell is is that. He is opting out. And, I mean, it's kind of crazy because, yeah, you're going to opt out, but what if Derrick King comes back next year? Or do you think that Derrick King's going to go to the NFL? You better hope and pray. My thing is, is Tate Martell's best bet would have been just not going to the U, going to a whole different school, probably an FSC school or whatever, playing quarterback there and showing off his talents. Now, Big fan of Tate Martell. Um, I don't like his attitude and the way he goes about certain things, but I think that Tate Martell is a playmaker. Last year, I was one of the people that said that Miami was wrong for not starting the kid, especially the quarterback that they put out there that just was standing there with a deer in headlights. Uh, don't even remember his name. I think his last name was Williams or something like that. But, I mean, Manny Diaz – Oh, uh, I just don't know. I just don't know about this Miami team, man. I mean, I want to say they back, but there's still some question marks, like I said before when we was talking about, you know, uh, on the recap part segment of this. But I still went ahead, picked Miami. FSU will be without their head coach. So, Yeah, I'm also taking Miami because from what I've seen from the past two weeks, they look more ready for this game. Um there's no telling how uh, FSU is going to come out mentally because their head coach is not going to be out there. So, and they're already, right. they already look undisciplined as it is now. So mm. I'm going I'm to give it to Miami. All right, man. So we got Miami and uh, I think we both picked Miami. So the only thing that me and Essex have different on is the Louisville and Pitt game. And remember, I'm telling you, that's going to be a great game to watch people Definitely go ahead and watch that. Now, let's go ahead and recap the TFE NFL games that we had. I want to go ahead and say I was wrong, but it's the Browns. What do you expect? I can't pick the Browns, man. I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, even though the Bengals lost in this game against the Browns, I want to give a major shout-out to Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow is that guy. One thing that they need to do is they need to get him uh, a wide receiver, A.J. Green. His time is starting to come to a close. They need to get him a top wide receiver or whatever and an offensive line. Joe Burrow is the real deal, guys. And if you haven't watched him, you need to watch him. The poise that he has, um, the focus that he has, and the football smarts. that He's intelligent. 
He knows exactly what he's doing, and he's calm in the moment. If the guy had an offensive line and uh, a, a defense to help out, golly, if a defense to help out, the Bengals definitely would have won this game. But shout out to uh, Cleveland. Cleveland also wanted to go ahead, put the noise to bed that OBJ ain't going nowhere. They're not shopping him around. They're not trying to trade. On our pool, though, um, we did take a poll. And it was, who would you rather see leave? Odell Beckham or Baker Mayfield? And everybody went ahead and said that they would rather see Baker Mayfield go instead of OBJ. But Baker Mayfield, he was feeling dangerous that night, like he said. He woke up feeling dangerous. And he played his heart out, man. Just got to get – I think he plays better with it, with a chip on his shoulder. So, whatever chip that somebody got to give, the coaching staff, they got to know this and go ahead and just lie to the kid or make a dummy account and send him all of this stuff and be like, look, you see what they said about you? Put the chip on that man's shoulder, man. Look, take the chip, put it on the man's shoulder. Yeah, uh, Joe Burrow really is that that deal. He His first game for, I want to say, maybe a couple drives, maybe the first quarter, he wasn't he wasn't looking like what we thought he was. But then he got composed and collected himself. And ever since then, he's been looking like the Bengals made the right decision in drafting him number one. I agree with you that they just need to get him an offensive line. AJ's green time is coming to a close as a premier wide receiver. They had John Ross, but then he got injured, and I haven't heard anything else about him since. So we'll have to see. The Browns, uh, I could understand why they would want Baker to go, but he ain't going nowhere. He does play better with a chip on his shoulder, like you said, but I think he got complacent being the number one pick, getting all this money, getting all these Hulu commercials, Hulu has live sports and all this and all that. So he just chilling. So I think that's why he lost the chip on his shoulder. But if he gets it back, you clearly see he'll go out there and just ball out. Yeah, watch them put my head on some random guy's body. Hulu has live sports. <laughs> if you haven't had that, seen that commercial, that's basically how that commercial goes. Uh, let's talk about the curse. We're not even going to say their name. The curse lost 39 to 40 against the Dallas Cowboys. The curse is what we are going to call them now. There is no way in hell that they should have lost this game. And sorry, excuse my French if you're watching this around your kids uh, or listening to this around your kids, but there is no way that they should have lost this game. Um, the cow, the onside kick. Um, I've never seen an onside kick like that in my life. It, they literally was just like watching the ball. I mean, I know they, they showed the replay in slow motion, but when it was happening, it was like in slow motion. I just don't understand, man. But Jerry Jones, he was turned up in the press box, boy, when they got that onside kick. And uh, Dallas Cowboys just went ahead and uh, sealed it. But Matt Ryan, huh, he's just sometimes too inconsistent. Julio Jones, I don't want to. I don't want to hear any excuse about oh he was hurt. He dropped a wide open touchdown pass, and he didn't even need his legs for it. Those was all his hands. 
He could have laid down and caught it because he ended up falling down anyways. And, I mean, if they had caught that, the curse probably would have won. But the curse just swallowed them whole, man. And I just want to say this. For for you Dallas Cowboy fans that get on, because I know there's some of y'all out there. I done spoke to y'all. Get off of Dak Prescott's back, bro. Dak Prescott is a beast. Straight up, he's a baller, always been a baller. This is not the same offensive line that the Cowboys had when he was a rookie. This is a complete different offensive line. Uh, After their rookie season, I want to say at least two of them retired or went to a different team at least. So this is not the same offensive line. He didn't even have a line at Mississippi State, and he was still a baller. Basically, the line at Mississippi State was non-existent, and the guy was still a baller. I told you all that he was going to be a baller. And everybody thought that, no, he could be no baller. I don't believe you, Mike. And he was a baller. Dude, bro, Dak Prescott is the guy. And to be honest, everybody can mess up except for Dak Prescott. Pay Dak Prescott. Hashtag pay Dak Prescott. Every time I talk about the NFL, hashtag pay Dak Prescott. I'm going to start doing that from here on out. Yeah, this game was a wild one. I was working, but I did see the Falcons go up 21-0, and I was like, well, this game right there. The who? The Falcons. The curse. <laughs> I saw the curse go up 21-0, and then I was like, well, this game right there. Continue to do my job. Came back around. Next thing I know, Cowboys kicking the game when a field goal. I was like, what? I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, they have a lot. They have talent. For some reason, they just don't really know how to use it. You said Matt Ryan is too inconsistent. I've been saying that for a couple years, and I said that one time on Twitter, and you came after me talking about some. I did. <laughs> you I came did. after me. I can't remember exactly what you said, but. This was last year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, I was a Matt Ryan fan, bro, but golly, like, he's starting to get exposed, man, and it's just sad, like. This stuff should not be happening, man. But enough about talking about the curse for we get cursed. Uh, moving on to my man, Killer Cam Newton. He didn't kill nobody in this game, bro, but he still looked amazing. And I just want to say this is another game. Even though, you know, they lost, the Patriots looked amazing. But they went up against a real killer, a real boss. And there's something different about this Seattle Seahawks team. Uh, they got a running back in Carson, but guess what? They don't need him because guess who they got? They got Russell Wilson. And Bill Belichick went out and said that this guy is underrated, but probably the best quarterback in the National Football League. How has he not got any love? And everybody should be giving him love this year. This dude is balling out. They are more of a the Seahawks are more pass heavy than they've ever been. Ever been. I watched this man throw a touchdown pass through a window that I couldn't even see. I don't even know how he saw it. We was looking at each other like, how, how did he see that? I mean, bro, I don't know what Sierra done did um, that added to her goodies or or what, bro, but my man Russ is balling. Shout out to uh, Russell Wilson. Shout out to Seattle. Uh, 
this could be like one of them teams that possibly just go undefeated. I, they defense, I think, needs to get a little bit better, but I, I can't wait to see Seattle and Kansas City. That will be one hell of a game. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, yeah, said it last week. I said it again this week. His name on Twitter ain't dangerous for no reason because he really dangerous <laughs> and he proved it. He proved it. It was a really good game. I at the end. It was it would it came down. Everybody knows it came down to the goal line stand. But at the same time, why would why would Bill Belichick run? I called it. Everybody called it. It was like they finna run a like they finna just run a draw with Cam. And what they do? Oh, that was dumb. It was dumb. Cam, Cam tried to stretch out. I was like, ah, if I can call that, like, I I can't but, believe I didn't bring that play up. But I'm glad you did, man. And. And and I, I agree 100%. I could not believe. It was like third and four or something like that. And I'm like, you about to you, you going to win the game? And you about yeah. to run on third and four? One of the one of the most obvious runs you could ever do. But I will say this, Cam is showing that he will be a killer. He has a lot of respect for his teammates. I even read saw something about how one of his teammates was bragging because the whole flight he was the whole six-hour flight, he was just reading his playbook, going through his playbook, getting ready. So we about to, I feel like we're going to see a different Cam this year. Oh, man. I don't even think it's a different Cam. I think that this is who Cam always been, but he's always been painted in a negative light because he's hype. Think about all the Patriot fans. I mean, I know a lot of Patriots fans, and normally most of them are conservative. Y'all, y'all don't have a conservative quarterback. I love how hype Cam is. I love the energy. And his teammates, you could tell they're not used to it. He goes and scores, and he's like, hey, guys, come here. And they go in and taking pictures and stuff and, and videos in front, of, uh, in front of the camera and things like that. And I just love it. The guy has always been a team player, has been a team player, and we're just getting to see the real Cam Newton. And I love it. Maybe because it's more of a magnifying glass on him this year, or maybe because we're all just rooting for him. But I love the cam that we're getting to see. Um, just hope they continue to go out on top, man. Now, the fans' edge top matchups this week. We got three games going on right here, man. We got the L.A. Rams. Versus the Buffalo Bills. Both of those teams are two and oh. Talk to me, man. Who you got? Who you got? And why? I'm I'm taking the Rams because I feel like they're they're finding whatever they lost last year. They they seem revamped a little bit. I don't know if it's the new stadium, the new turf that's hurting everybody or what, but I feel like the Rams got this in the bag. They, Aaron Donald's still one of the best defensive defensive players in the league. Is they just got to find out what they're going to do about that running back running back position. And once they get that solved, I feel like the Rams could be a dangerous team once again. So I'm taking the Rams with this pick. Shoot, the Rams found out what they're doing with their running back situation. Man, they got a they got a bell cow in, in week one. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Malcolm, he went off, but then for some reason, 
and that was against Dallas. But for some reason against Philly, he was a little bit sluggish. You know, even though they came out with the dub, he was still a little bit sluggish. But I think that that goes to show the, versi- the versatility of the L.A. Rams, seriously, because you know they got a defense. They can stop about anybody. I mean, we're seeing my guy Jordan Fuller, six-round draft pick, now as a starter, making plays out there, you know? Um, we're talking about, like you said, Aaron Donald. He's go- always getting the quarterback's face. So I have to go with the Rams here. Don't know how Buffalo is the favorite, I guess, because they're at home. But trust me on this one. I'm telling you, do not pick Buffalo. You definitely need to go with the Rams on this. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers versus the New Orleans Saints, man. Um, This is going to be one hell of a game. We're going to get to see Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Brees. Uh, Hopefully, maybe the Saints might get Michael Thomas back. I'm not sure on that. But the Saints now know that they have other playmakers that they have to get involved and that they will just have to to work around, you know. Uh, they they went ahead and took took the L tonight. Drew Brees threw a pick. I don't know what was wrong with him, but I before he threw the pick, I called it, bro, because he should have had two up uh, before that pick. He should have had two other picks uh, picked off, and that's why I set him in my fantasy league, you know. And to be honest, we're probably gonna come up with a fantasy corner. For you all, because I know a lot of y'all playing fantasy football and have been asking about it. So we're probably going to come up with a fantasy corner just for you all. Um, But I went ahead and picked the Saints in this one, man. I can't count out the Saints. Uh, Defense looked a little bit distracted this this week, but they made some plays. Definitely got a fumble recovery. But the secondary, which is shocking because they're known for having DBs, they didn't look too hot going up against the tight ends of uh, Oakland this past week. Uh, talk to talk to me about that. Did you? I mean, or should I say this this past Monday? Because everybody will be listening to this, and it'll be Tuesday. Yeah, um, I was watching the game. Obviously, I did football bingo, and it it was an interesting game. They had Darren Waller was giving them fits. Then once they decided to key in on Darren Waller. Other receivers from the Raiders just started getting open. So I initially, I took the Saints. I'm going to stick with my pick by the Saints. But you did bring up a good point about their DBs look not looking how the Saints secondary usually looks. And if we know anything about Aaron Rodgers, if you give him enough time, he's going to find an open receiver. And I'm pretty sure Devontae Adams is out, but still he's going to find somebody to get the ball to. But I, I'm taking the Saints. I believe yeah, they'll come I- out with a chip on their shoulder. I, I, I 100% agree, and they'll be back at home. So that's why I went ahead, picked the Saints. Um, don't know about the, the touchdown favorite. I think that this is going to be a close game. I really do. It might come down to another field goal or something like that. So I, I wouldn't count Green Bay out, would never count Aaron Rodgers out, but I still had to go with the Saints on this one. Now, MVP versus MVP is what I'm calling this game, man. Uh, Patrick, my homeboy, going up against smooth, cool, smiling Lamar Jackson, man. And 
I went ahead and picked Baltimore in this game. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why I went ahead and I picked Baltimore. Baltimore will be at home, but Baltimore don't have to give the ball to Patrick Mahomes. They don't. They know exactly what they have to do to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. And that's running the ball. And to be honest, I can't name a better team who can run the ball. They got a three-headed monster. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson. And we've only seen flashes of J.K. Dobbins. But every time we see the flash, he dogging. And, I mean, after the, the nice run that he had um, this past week, I would be shocked if they did not give him the ball more this coming week. You want to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. The best way to do that is to run the ball. Now, I'm not saying that the Chiefs can't run the ball because they can. But I also seen the Chiefs have to fight back. I seen the Chiefs showed a lot of weakness. I think that Baltimore has the defense and the offense to outplay Kansas City. And to be honest, possibly this might not be the last time we see them matched up. I definitely don't believe it'll be the last time we see them matched up, but I took the Chiefs simply because, like you said, they have had to fight back, but that's that's the point. They've been down. They've been through adversity, so they know how to come back. And then you got – you said they can they can keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands by running the ball, but you got to think the, the Chiefs' offense is one of the fastest-scoring offenses in the NFL. So, I mean, you can, you can have a, a six – Let's say, no, not even six, three, four-minute drive, score a touchdown. They'll come out in a minute and a half and score a touchdown. So, I just don't think that they'll be able to do it against Baltimore's defense. I think Baltimore has the defense to stop that. I mean, we just seen a de- – I think Baltimore's defense is better than the team that Kansas City just beat. You are right. I'm not trying to discredit the Baltimore's, def- Baltimore's defense. They, they are very stout, but I'm saying – Pat Mahomes is different. He really is. You cannot deny it. No. He going to find a way. Any And I love it. Anytime he score, anytime he know they about to get the momentum or go down and score, and they zoom in on him, what he doing? Down there getting lit, getting his team right, and I love it. So I, I'm a rock. Even though Lamar is my quarterback in the fantasy league, I'm really hoping it's a shootout. I am taking the Chiefs. I got you, man. So – there's another one that we disagree on. It's crazy. Like, we done kind of agreed on a lot of this stuff, but then disagreed on, like, a couple. But, uh, you know, that just goes ahead and talk about, like we were talking earlier in the beginning of the show, we have been doing, making some great picks. And I think that you all might want to get on board. This week, we both, this is our result, both 5-1. and one. Essex good, I'm good. Now, overall results, 11-3, 12-3. Essex got me, you know, he got me by one. I'm right there behind him, but we're going to try to keep this rolling. I'm going to catch him. I'm going to get past. But, uh, I mean, you're just talking oh, about a, a couple. A wise philosopher once said, a wise philosopher once said, if you ain't first, you're last. 
Oh man, don't 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 you hey 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 all right you're gonna be in loud by the end of the season. You just keep it up. Go ahead, keep talking. No sir, keep no, talking. Sir. no sir. Keep no, talking. Sir. <laughs> this is all good and fun, man. And uh, you know, if you all want to go ahead and get in, get into these picks with us, go ahead, put your picks in the comments below. Let us know again. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Do not be shy. We love to have dialogue, love to have conversations, especially on our uh, Fans Ed Sports Talk. We have several hundreds of members in there, so definitely get in there. And it's a platform for you to be able to have your opinion, your discussion, and we talk about it. Um, Also, on our uh, podcast platform, if you go on Anchor and leave us a voice message, we can go ahead Take that recording, put that on the show, and discuss it. We can put you on the show. So go ahead, let us know um, any comments, questions, concerns, any topics you want to discuss. Please put that out there. All right, man. Uh, Going ahead and getting closer to the end of this show, man. Easter finals is starting to heat up. I'm glad that Boston was able to go ahead get a dub in that against Miami. It looked like Miami was going to continue to keep rolling, but Boston went ahead, fought back. We heard that uh, Marcus Smart lit a fire under this team, and, you know, a lot of people was trying to push it, that it was a negative, you know, thing. And if you ever play competitive sports and you actually hate losing, you done cussed your teammates out. You done cussed the coach out. I know I have teammates and coach but that's just it's not out of disrespect some people communicate differently some people take it differently but it's the passion of the game and i respect it and obviously whatever he said lit a fire under this team and they came back and they won now i picked boston in the beginning to go ahead and win the east um not sure if they can continue to pull it out because this miami team is dangerous. I mean, dangerous, man. Um, they got shooters. They got ballers. So this week, we'll end up finding out. It's just great to go ahead and continue to see uh, what, they, what they'll be doing um, in these next couple games. Yeah, Boston didn't look like themselves the first two games. And like you said, Marcus Smart went in there and lit a fire under him. And they came out and won. So now this series is about to get interesting. I think it could go all seven games. Uh, Miami, very dangerous team. I was not at all expecting them to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But here they are, and with the lead and with the potential to go to the finals. Eric Spolstra showing he's still a real good coach. Jimmy Buckets out there getting buckets. And Tyler Hero, I don't know how he didn't make first team all rookie. That's really a snub. But – We'll see. This is going to be a very interesting series, and I'm here for it. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. And it's who, already been exciting. Who's the guy, uh, Robinson, on Miami? Yeah, 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 I think so. Okay. So, like, game two, dude came out and went, like, four for four in, like, the first quarter shooting threes. Just threes. Went four for four. You know? On the fifth shot was his first miss. 
I'm talking about just busting them back to back. Um, so like we said, they got shooters. This is definitely an interesting matchup. Now I'll tell you another one. The Lakers. Lakers kind of scared me over there in game two. I'm not going to lie, but i tell you this, man. Um, AD, he's the real deal. This is what the Lakers needed. And I am looking, as a Lakers fan, I am looking forward to AD being the, how do you say it, the face of the franchise. That's who I'm looking forward to being the face of the franchise is AD. Um, you know, uh, I was in the group discussion talking about, man, who who will be the next Tim Duncan? And to be honest, man, I think that AD possibly has the potential to be better than Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan didn't really have this this three this three point shot to his game like that. And I mean, we just seeing AD able to pull up from three, game buzzer beaters from three. That's not something that was in Tim Duncan's game. The turnaround fadeaway. AD got that, you know, from Tim Duncan. He got that. But, man, we have not seen a guy as big, as tall as AD do the stuff that he does consistently, consistently, you know. And also, just since Rondo has been back, I know I've said it before, but Rondo, man, he just makes this team looks a whole lot smoother, uh, and he's also lighting a fire under this team and coaching up the young guys as well and being that lead veteran that you should be and need to be. Big facts. I, I, I have no, like I said, I have no interest in the Lakers, but it was, it was scary seeing them almost, almost lose this game because we both did call the sweep. I still think they will sweep the Nuggets. LeBron even came out and said that they're trying to make a statement with this series. So we're going to see AD. That's why they're paying him. That's why he's the future face of the franchise. That's why LeBron wanted him there with him because he can get it done. Uh, the reason I'm pretty sure the reason why he, he has that three-point shot to his game is I'm pretty sure he started out as a point guard and then he just grew to the height he is now and he just <laughs> – kept all them no for real he kept all them skills and he can pretty much do everything now yeah no seriously i i i 100 agree with you man i'm not i'm definitely not disagreeing with you at all on that man um shout out to him but i'm gonna tell y'all you know why lebron is eager to get this week lebron gotta get back home man his his, his son his son like dad ain't around and, uh, you know, he just posted Instagram videos of him smoking weed, you know? Uh, LeBron about to – hey, LeBron about to come out the bubble and get <laughs> and get the whooping on Bronny's butt, man. Be honest, man, as kid, kids going to be kids, man. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of criticism coming down on, on Bronny, and kids are going to be kids. He wasn't out there being destructive to anybody's property. He wasn't out there – um, how do I put this? Cause you know, I don't know where he was and obviously it's illegal for, you know, people his age to smoke. So I can't say that he wasn't doing anything, you know, that wasn't illegal because it is, but he wasn't out there hurting anybody, man. And, you know, kids are going to be kids. Teens are going to experiment. And to be honest, I'll tell you this, man. Um, I'm glad that my older friends and my older cousins 
allowed me to experiment, you know, uh, with, with weed or with alcohol before I got to college, because guess what? Nobody was able to take advantage of me, you know, when I got to college and those things. Uh, Bronny's a superstar. There are going to be people around him that are going to be like, hey, come to this club. It's a 21 and up club and allowing him to drink it, things like that. People are going to try to take advantage of him. And his dad isn't going to always be around. And if he is able to experiment some of this stuff right now, now, obviously, he needs to learn. This will be a learning moment. Don't be publicizing it, obviously. But this guy will be able to learn from this moment and grow and grow. And that's what life is about, is learn learning lessons. You When you're winning and you're always doing things right, you don't always get a lesson out of that. When you fail and you make mistakes, that's where you get the lessons. I mean, I definitely remember the talks that my dad had with me when I failed, you know? And those talks was nothing but helping me be a better man and a man than I am today and setting an example for the two kids that I have today, you know? So I want to thank my dad. I want to thank my mom for those lessons because I, ne- I to be honest, man, I'll tell you, man, I, I wasn't a, a perfect kid growing up. I had my faults, you know, but I learned my lessons. But I learned my lessons because I failed. Big facts. One of the biggest things I've learned is you can't be afraid to fail. Go out there and try. If you fail, so what? You're not the first. And then once you succeed, once you know what winning is like, it'll just make it that much better. Yep. So. I agree, man. I definitely agree with that. So uh, that that wraps up the show. Yeah, we're, we're going to end up going a little bit longer, these shows. We got a lot of games to recap. We got a lot of things to tell you all. But guess what? We're going to go more in depth, man. Um, Essek is going to go ahead and try to break down this Florida game for you all and put those hot takes out there. So be staying with us, man. We're going to post everything on our if – you're, if you listen to this on podcast, on all podcast platforms, at the Fans Edge. That's where we're at. If you're on social media, we will be having our hot takes and posts on there as well. So – Make sure you're checking those out. We love you all. We appreciate the continued support that you all continue to give us, man, and continue to be safe. Always 11 o'clock, ESPN. Go Gators.